Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. It's live at VidCon. And this is also our 100th Ear Biscuit, so it's very special to be sharing it with all of you guys live and, of course, everyone else who's just listening, Mythical Beast, who's listening with your biscuited ears right now in the comfort of your own uh, Well, you don't know where they're at. Don't make assumptions about where they're at. Driving, driving on, a, on, a, on a beautiful scenic okay. cliffside. Gonna keep going. Highway. Keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. You were a little bit late. Mm. I was coming out. I wanted to meet in the middle and do something interesting. I know, and then I was just running. Yeah. Just running to catch up. But I see you brought your computer, so did I. I brought my laptop. There's some questions on the laptop. Yeah, thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Um, we're going to try to get through as many as we can, but we, we, we just really like to talk and it's very difficult for us to get through many, so we're gonna move at a faster pace than we normally do. Hopefully, should make promises. And this is a round table. Um, it's not exactly ours, but I, I'm comfortable enough with its roundness. It's and not it, very dim, though. You guys are a little dim. We're not as dim as we like to normally be when we do this kind of thing, so it may get a little awkward. But it's, it's because we're, we're still gonna speak intimately. Um, let, let's get to some questions. Yeah, let's do that, Link. Um, so are you. Uh, that dude, well, he just said I was amazing. Oh. But well, you know what, you're amazing too. That's right. I'll bounce a little bit of that compliment over to you. Okay, here's a question from Mythical Samantha. If y'all could be anything for a day, what would you be and why? <clears throat> if I could be anything for a day, um, <clears throat> Oh, sorry. I need to drink from yeah. this. Clear it uh, out, Link. Clear it out. Biscuit branded jar. It's not for sale yet, though, is it? <laughs> I am a little. Should, it is for sale. Oh, okay. You should plug it then. I think I would be a snake for a day. Um, have you seen them move? Yeah, you a know, few times. They're legless, and I, I mean, you can watch a snake move, but until you've been a snake, how are you gonna know? What the nature of being a snake, I think, is something that I would like to experience. Furthermore, you, can, I, you scare people just by being you. But I think we can, I think we can probably do this. If you, if you want to get in a sleeping bag and have me tape you up, and you could just slither around, I mean, that can be arranged. You wonder if how you really want to know what it feels like to be a snake, I can help you with that. You wonder how we come up with episodes of Good Mythical Morning. This is it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I could tape you up. I mean, a little duct tape in a sleeping bag goes a long way, right. brother. Yeah. That, that is, no. Well, we have been in a sleeping bag together. I, I think actually on our show, not like personal time. Or like <laughs> last night. Yeah. No, no, we have separate rooms. Right. Separate rooms and beds. My family's here. Yeah, my family didn't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's there. No. More of my family is coming into town, so my family didn't want to come down here. But so. when, you, when you stumble upon a snake, like the other day on the set of, of Buddy System, there was a big crowd of people, and I was like, oh, I'm, am I in the wrong place? They're shooting, they must be shooting over there. So I went over there, and then all of a sudden, like one of the guys like pulled up a snake that was this long, and it was one of those non-poisonous types. I guess he knew that. And it, it, he, just, he was the most popular guy in the whole zone. 
And I, I'd, I'd love to be able to bring that to somebody. It's like, you know what? If you got the guts to pick me up, you can be the most popular person in the zone. That's a for very, a day. That's a weird reason to want to be a snake. So you can make a dude feel good because he picks you up in front of a group of people? Yeah. Well, you're very, you're an, you're an empath. I'm an empath. What, I, what would you be? Anything. I could be anything. For one day. I would be the atmosphere. <laughs> I could experience all things on earth at once. At once. <laughs> Being breathed in and breathed out. Yeah. Uh, farted out, too. Uh, I haven't thought through this. I should have thought about this before I answered the question. I don't know. I think I want to be omnipresent. I think that's what I just realized. I you think want I have to be God. Yeah, I think I've got this something wrong with me. That's not appropriate answer. I've got, I'm reading a book about how the ego is bad, though. You should be happy about that. I am happy about yeah. it. <laughs> Start applying it. Then I'd be really happy. Next question. Penguin in a pumpkin asks, how much do you exaggerate the grossness of food for entertainment? This is a question that many of you may have wondered uh, about. I actually have a, a friend of mine who, well, okay, my, my friend of mine, she teaches a Pilates class that I'm in. Don't be friends with your Pilates instructor. Well, I that's that's. I was just trying. You don't to, want that kind of over. I'm just trying to cover. Okay, so my she's Pilates not your instructor. She's who, just total Pilates instructor. Who has children? Nothing else. Right, and she she was talking about. Oh, I finally figured out what you do. My kids showed me your videos. Because you didn't tell her. No, I don't have an ego. I don't tell people what I do. I just want to be the atmosphere. I don't have an ego. I just want to be omnipresent. <laughs> I, I told, well, just throughout the earth, not throughout okay. the universe. Okay. So I, I told her, so she's like, we were watching one of your episodes where you ate something, fill in the blank, whatever. And my kids were like, ooh, it's so gross. Can you believe they do that? And she was like, and she's like a former actress. So she's kind of done the show business thing. And she was like, guys, this is entertainment. They're not actually eating that. She got into an argument with her kids about whether or not we actually eat the things that we eat. She was like, they don't have to. Think about it. They don't have to eat the things because the people watching can't smell it. They can't see it. You guys could probably retch things up on command, right? And I was like, we couldn't get away with that. It's and, all real. And she still doesn't believe me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, huh, maybe, maybe she's on to something. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I was like, because yeah, we, we do it, y'all. We do, we, we go all the way. Yeah, the difference, and I think that's the difference between traditional entertainment and internetainment, is that we, I mean, I'm sh obviously some people fake internet videos. That does happen, right? But, um, no. uh, but we just, we, it never crossed our minds that we wouldn't actually do it for real. But I think you guys would know if we weren't doing it for real. I think you'd pick up on it. Well, I, I, have to, um, I have to bring all of my, my acting efforts together and bundle it up and save it for it's the summertime. When, we do, when we do buddy right. system. I can't waste any, any acting ability on anything else. Right. We don't have a whole lot to go around, right. so we have to concentrate it and spew it out during the summer. Right. So then the rest of the year, I just legitimately spew stuff out. Right. Um, 
Next question, shall we? Yeah, this is from uh, Chloe Blustery Link. Must be a fan of yours. Um, how do you know? She, she looks just like me in her. Um, yeah, her she does. Twitter icon. How do you know when the wisest time is to risk stability in order to pursue a creative yet risky dream? Hmm. Risk is in this one twice. How do you know when to take a risk for a creative dream? I. Okay, so this uh, this is a serious one. Let's give it. Let's try to give a serious okay, answer. Okay. Let's get serious. Well, I think for. Our experience was when we were presented with a specific opportunity that we felt like we couldn't say no to, then we, it, it was a foregone conclusion we had, to, we had to give up something, our current job, in order to take that new job opportunity. I mean, in retrospect, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest opportunity ever, but without that, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are. That opportunity was hosting a show called Online Nation in, what, 2007? Um, and we knew that in order to fly out to LA every, every few weeks and shoot episodes of this show where we basically introduced internet videos, we were like Bob Saget on America's Funniest Home Videos, or... or Tom Bergeron. Tom, no, but, but now it's... Who is it now? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Carlton. Alfonso. Yeah. Carlton. We're basically Carlton Alfonso um, for we internet videos. We just went videos. through three generations of AFV hosts. Yeah, we did. I love it when that kind of thing happens. And we were never in the running for any of them, but no. we were in the running for a rip-off version of it on the CW called Online Nation, right. which only lasted a few weeks. But we didn't know that when we, we were like, we got to take this job. This is like the biggest opportunity we have. We have to actually be television hosts. It's still related to internet video, which is the thing we're trying to do. But we can't still do our current job, so we had to quit. So in, in our minds, it was a huge decision, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't one of those things. We didn't make the decision that I think a lot of people in LA make that's like, okay, I, w I want to move out in order to hopefully create an opportunity. And I, you know, I respect everyone who, who makes those type of choices, whether it's entertainment related or whatever your dream may be. But for us, I think it was a little, it was later. I mean, we had, we had families, we had, a, we had a lot of responsibility. We just, we had a life that we were risking. So it took a lot more to put us over the edge. Yeah, but I wouldn't say... But it was a specific opportunity. It wasn't just the chance to create an opportunity. Right, but I wouldn't say that it was necessarily wise. So I think that, honestly, so I mean, taking a risk isn't always wise. I mean, sometimes the wisdom would be to just stay in whatever is going to take care of your family, but that's not always the, that's not always the best decision. I mean, we did something very well, practically. We, we weren't going to do something that ultimately put things at risk, but it, I mean, from just a complete stability and predictability standpoint, we would, our lives would be more predictable and stable if we were still engineers. That's a fact, right? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that that was the right thing to do. So I think that... And we didn't have a solid plan B when we took the hosting job on Online Nation. No. Because, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall when we, we saw the show. We were like, this is going to get canned quick. Yeah. And it, right. it's not our it, fault. It was very bad. It's very, very bad. I think that you can still find some of that on the internet. Don't search it. But 
I think if you search online nation canceled, there was a video that we made afterward which basically encapsulates how uh, we had to immediately start to figure out what we were doing. But I don't think it's always the wisest decision. I think there's, there's sometimes that you, you, you put yourself in a situation where you know it's what you want to do. It's not, we're not, we're not saying um, whether it's right or wrong. It's just like, I feel like I am made to do this. This is a great opportunity. I, I want to do this. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's wise, but it still may be the thing that you should do. We, we but, but because a lot of people who make those kinds of decisions, in fact, the majority of people who make decisions to drop one thing to pursue a risky dream, by definition, don't succeed at it because it's a risky dream. That's what makes it risky. But so, it should be a calculated risk, and you should calculate. I guess that's part of the advice is calculate as much as you can. What if you don't know how to do math? Mm, well, then... You're screwed. You're screwed. So keep your calculator with you at all times. Take calculated risks and you'll be okay. But if there's something that you can't, you, you can't not do and then live with yourself, then do it so you can live, try it so you can live with yourself. It's I hope that made sense. It's kind of the same principle that applies when you're trying to figure out whether or not you're in love with somebody. And you're like, I don't know if I should be, if, if, if we should get married or, you know, this relationship should become more serious. It's not like, I know that you like to like sit down and make like a pro con. I did make a pro con list about my, about my wife yeah. at one point when we were I, dating. I, I did do that. It. And then she found you. it after we got married. She was like, you don't like my voice? It's <laughs> like, why'd you go read that? I love your voice, baby. <laughs> It's changed since we dated. <laughs> it drops. Oh, no, it drops? No, no. I don't know why I said that. But you can't get too... In, when you're talking about passion, you're talking about dreams. You just... It, you can't... It's not formulaic. It isn't mathematical. That's just not how life works. Mm. And, if, and, if, and if you go after something and it doesn't work, then life's not over you just you restart and you try something again it, it doesn't mean that the dream has to work in order to you know knowing well, that it's going to work that's not how you figure out whether you're going to pursue it or not well we we sacrificed our jobs to take this new hosting job then it got canned because it sucked and yeah. then we had to we had to start over with an entirely new career which was a key point that we would never have gotten to do what we're able to do now right if it wasn't for taking that risk and then it failing. Right, it's all part of it. How about a serious, an even more serious question? But first, we wanna show some love to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by MeUndies. That's right, the underwear that I am currently wearing. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I responded like that. Yeah. It, uh, it doesn't appetize me. Well, I'm not, sh just to clarify, I'm not, I'm not showing Rhett my underwear, yeah. but I am talking about them openly. I was just, They feel so good. Yeah. MeUndies underwear, feel so good that I enjoy wearing them and they all look different. So I enjoy picking out which ones I wear on which day and I have special ones for special days. It's so like a little event for you. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like all my other parts of my clothing. They I are choose. by far the most comfortable underwear that I've ever worn. I absolutely love them and sometimes I just, I'll just wear nothing but them around the house. It embarrasses the family a little bit, but I'm like, this is my me undie time. Daddy's having me undie time. <laughs> well, he should have me undie time 
by his me self. Every pair that's of weird. me undies, every pair of me undies is sustainably sourced and made from micro modal. That's why it's so soft. It's a fabric that's three times softer than cotton. And because MeUndies comes in all kinds of colors and patterns that Link loves to spend a lot of time choosing every morning. Yeah, I look at my, I open my drawer and I look at it and I'm like, and I, I put them in stacks. So I'm like, ooh, that, that the camouflage one came up again today. Well, and they release new limited edition patterns each month and they always sell out. They always sell out. So if you, if you want them, you got to get them while they're getting good. Mm-hmm, speaking of which, you can get 20% off your first pair. Mythical Beast, you need to do this. 20% off, try it, plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash ear. That's where you go to get 20% off. MeUndies.com slash ear. That's MeUndies.com slash ear. Kaboom Fantastic asks, you like pizza? Yeah. Uh, I like pizza. Yeah. Not as much as my wife. She loves some pizza. She bought a, a, a float, a pool float, that's, that was a slice of pizza. You can't eat that. No, but that's how much she loves pizza. She, and she did eat it. And it's still around? No, she ate it. No, it, we, uh, we jumped on it three times and yeah. it was gone. Yeah, pool floats, man, pool floats don't work in my family. Michelle McNeil asks, how long are the new format GMM episodes gonna be? 22 minutes like a standard TV show? Could y'all tell us more about it? We would be happy to tell you more about that. So this is something that some of you may have heard about. Uh, it's been you know, publicly announced in like industry publications and stuff like that. Uh, so maybe you didn't know. So GMM is going to be bigger and better in the fall. Um, and yeah, you can cheer for that. So the very cool thing is happening. Now there are, there are two different programs that YouTube is doing to help creators like us finance content. You know, one is YouTube Red Originals like Buddy System, which of course is YouTube Red shows where you pay the monthly subscription fee and you get all the YouTube Red Originals and no ads and uh, Google Music and all that stuff, which we definitely think is worth it and you should do. But then there's YouTube Originals, which is free YouTube, just like Good Mythical Morning is now ad-supported YouTube that they're also investing into some creators like us to help us do even more. So starting in the fall, we don't know exactly when this will happen, but before the end of the year, um, we are gonna take GMM to a place where you're getting more Good Mythical Morning every single day. Uh, not just the one segment, like typically right now, we'll do like, will it, whatever, and that's the episode for that day. In the fall, there's gonna be a handful of things that we do every single day that you can sit down and enjoy as a approximately 22 minute experience every single day, uh, but you'll also be able to enjoy the individual pieces of that. So you guys may remember years ago, the mythical show that we did, a half hour comedy, um, which was, I think we did like 10 or 12 episodes of that, but it was one really long video, that, like a 30 minute video that you could choose to watch that or not. One of the cool innovative things that we're trying to do with the new Good Mythical Morning is still give you that individual video experience. You can be like, this video is about this thing and I can share that, but you can also make the decision every single day to say, I'm going to watch this episode of Good Mythical Morning, which in reality will be a handful of videos together. It's another piece of ticker tape. I got it. 
Wasn't it great how that was just floating in the atmosphere? Now this one, this one is distinctly different than the one we caught on stage with Susan. Yeah. This one has a matte finish. So now I know a second clue about the confetti celebration that will happen at the end of VidCon. There will be both white matte finished confetti and silver confetti. You sure You're welcome. It also makes a good oil blotter. <laughs> oil blotter. Uh, Lily asks, will Gosh. you bring back characters like Rabbit Lightning in the fall when you do some bigger things with GWM? Um, yeah, I, I've, we're figuring our plan out now. You know, we're starting to percolate the ideas, but uh, in general, I think our approach is going to be We've done so many things, you know, character work, m music um, stuffs, you music, know, like music like, stuffs, like songs, um, sketches, local commercials. We've done all types of stuff on YouTube over the years, and so we got this this grab bag, this like toolbox that we we're pretty certain we're going to open back up and say, okay, now that now that we have the opportunity to create more. Um, videos and segments of the show every day. Okay, now wh what can we start putting into that? So it's not, maybe everything's not behind the desk. Um, so bringing Rabbit Lightning back is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a distinct is a possibility. Distinct possibility. Yeah. Um, but that is something but we're that. Fi but we're figuring it all out at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, at this point, we know sort of the, the format in terms of the, that we're going to do multiple segments, but uh, we're right in the middle of shooting Buddy System. We've got another uh, four, three, weeks. four weeks four weeks of, of shooting Buddy System. Uh, and while that's going on, it's, you know, it's a 13-hour day every day, basically. So there's nothing else that's happening except shooting Buddy System. But as soon as that is over, we may take a short vacation. We're trying to do that. Uh, and then we'll get in, we'll get back to GMM as you know it, but we'll also get back to planning what uh, the, the new GMM is going to look like. I think for us, we like to do new projects, and Good Mythical Morning is so important to us and to you guys. So, what's particularly exciting about what we're going to be doing with GMM in the fall is that it, it, it's a fresh new approach to it. And, it, and I, I think. If we succeed at kind of turning this corner in, ter in terms of making it bigger and better and longer, I don't know. I you know, it, it maybe it'll shape the face of entertainment. Oh, you know, that's a in terms bold of, statement. In, in terms of longer form, longer form content that's that's just out there on YouTube for everybody to enjoy. Well, I think the the, the sort of the philosophy behind YouTube's investment in Good Mythical Morning is. You've got these guys like uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden, you know, the late night guys who, right. if you go to the trending page, you're going to see the stuff that they've done. You're going to see carpool karaoke. It's going to go viral every time James Corden does it. And, and they think about tailoring parts of their show so that you'll watch it and share well, we it on YouTube. We know that for a fact from people who work on those shows that they think about their show as it will exist on YouTube. It's much less now about the people sitting down and watching that, that hour-long show every night. And it's, 
much more valuable and important that they, be, they are relevant online and that there's pieces of the show that are going viral. So the idea behind GMM22 is like, okay, well, we've, we've been in this space for a number of years and we, you know, the people who are also enjoying those videos are enjoying the things that we're doing, but what if we had, not exactly, but similar resources that they do in order to invest in the stuff that we want to do, what could we accomplish and, and, and you when know, you think how about, far could it reach? When you think about YouTube first, and it's, right. not, it's not just an afterthought or a thought for pieces of something. Hit me with another question. Uh, Lenora Shore asks, how does one stay young at heart, especially as you are nearing 40 years? Well, she left out old, but I appreciate 40 that. years old. She could have left out the 40 part, too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to own that. Well, I'm going to be there before you are. October 11th, 2017, I will turn 40. <laughs> Even the look on your face right now, it's like a, the look of an old person. <laughs> like, it's like it, it, it overtook you. Oh, yeah, October well, 11th. young at heart. Well, before we get to young at heart, I will say, <laughs> uh, I have been just at the, the advice of, the, well, this actually happened the other day on the set of Buddy System, the makeup girl, one of the makeup girls, Rachel. I stepped into the chair and she was like... We step into our chairs. They're like, they're like hot tubs. You like have to crawl inside of it. She said, uh, you want me to put some, some of these under your eyes this morning? Ooh. I was like, what, are the, what do you mean these? And then she held them up and there were these little things that you... And I was like, do you think I need them? And she said, yeah, you could use them. <laughs> She's, but we, we've gotten pretty close with the, with the makeup and hair Oh, you want people. them to be very so honest with you. So it's like, so we can have open, honest conversations. So she wasn't being cruel. She no, was, no, she was being, being helpful. Honest. She was being very, very helpful. helpful. Yeah, she was. Because I also, I, I'm going to you know, see myself on screen and be like, why didn't you tell me about the little things that I could put under my eyes that I didn't know about? So did, did she put something under there? She did. And, and then after that, last weekend when I went home, she, uh, she gave me something else. She gave me a whole face mask thing. Oh, I got one of those too. Dr. Wu? Yeah. I got Dr. Wu all over my face yeah. on the weekends. It's like a slimy thing with, with eye holes and a nose hole. Yeah, I've seen my wife wear those. I didn't know they were for men. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sexist. I, I, put one, I put one on, and of course, I have a beard. And yeah. so it just kind of attached to the top of my face, and then the bottom just like hung off. I looked like a Pirates of the Caribbean like villain. Yeah. I, I did the exact same thing, and I come out into the bedroom, and I'm like, Christy's in there, and Lily was in there, and I was like, bah. That's they scary. They weren't too afraid. But um, yeah, because of the mustache and I hadn't shaved it, it was like flapping down here. It was like my face was sloughing off. Right. You know how your face could slough off? Yeah, it can. That, that happened. I sat in the, in the makeup chair. and I, No, I was in the hair chair yesterday. And I was shirtless because we were doing, uh, it, we were doing a, a spa scene. And um, well, and Anna had, she had trimmed my hair because it's supposed to, over the course of buddy season, it has to stay the same length, so she has to keep it consistent. 
And once I took my... Don't look, don't look. I shouldn't have pointed. Uh, I shouldn't have pointed. It's literally impossible to catch it before it hits the ground. It doesn't matter how hard you try. We're never going to actually catch one. Is somebody up there dropping them? Could a 40-year-old okay. guy do that? I didn't catch it. I was like, you trimmed my neck when I had my shirt on, but now that my shirt's off, I need you to go a little lower. <laughs> and then um, she looked at my shoulder, my shoulder blade, which looks like, yeah, I know like where this, it is. this bump right here on both of my sh collarbones. Yeah. And she, she, she touched it. She said, when did this happen? <laughs> At birth? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was born this way. Yeah, it's always been like, that way, man. She was like, oh, my, my brother broke his collarbone, and that's what it looks like now. <laughs> it's like, if you, you got to have people in your life um, who can just give it to you straight. You know, it's like your, coll your collarbone looks janked up, like it is broke. Right. <laughs> you might need to have some sort of... I don't know, some sort of, like, get a muscle up there or something. So we're staying young at face uh, because of Dr. Wu. Shout out. Not a sponsor. <laughs> don't, don't even know him or her. And, um, but young at heart, we're, we, I think... Uh, it's all about attitude. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have to wear the face mask or the, the bags under, the anti-bag thing, then you should come out of your bathroom and go, Mah! And that evens it all out, you know? Yeah. Well, Young at heart. We actually have, there's a, there's a chapter in the Book of Mythicality available for pre-order. Actually available for pre-order at bookofmythicality.com, but available, who's been to the mythical booth? Okay. And who's pre-ordered the book at the booth? Okay, so you guys know the uh, cool little gift pack that you can get. You get the booklet of mythicality, you get like a door hanger and a note. There's all this cool mythical themed stuff that you get in this pack if you pre-order here. And each one of those things, uh, as you'll see once the book comes out, kind of ties into a different aspect of mythicality that we, that we flesh out in the book. And one of those is Embrace Immaturity, where we talk about, you know, obviously we're not... It's pretty, it's pretty clear that we do some really stupid stuff on Good Mythical Morning. Stuff that grown men shouldn't be doing. It's a matter of opinion. And that is actually a part, I think that ties into this question actually. Uh, this embrace immaturity thing. I think that's one of the ways that we've stayed young at heart is never completely growing up. You've got to grow up and you've got to move out of your parents' house. Okay, that needs to happen at some point. You need to take financial responsibility for yourself. We've done that. But if you think and start taking yourself too seriously and every part of you grows up, like, what's the point, right? And so there's got to be that part of you that remains a child and can unabashedly enjoy things like bathing in cereal or ranch dressing or chicken noodle soup. There's been a few things that we've bathed in. And that's why we're bathing in cereal on the cover of the Book of Mythicality because we thought that that was a, a perfect way to illustrate that embracing of immaturity that's kind of the tomfoolery aspect of mythicality that we want all of our stuff to do. We don't ever want anything we do to be... Anybody to get the idea that we take ourselves too seriously or you want us to, you, we want you to take us too seriously. But there's a whole chapter about that in the book. A whole, a whole chapter. chapter. Yeah. Sam, cactus emoji, 17, 
asks, if you had to describe, like cactus emojis are really going around these days. But is that an emoji? I'm not even using the word right. It's an icon. It's a picture. It's an internet picture. It's an emoji. Good. I was right. If you had to describe Buddy System Season 2 with one sentence, what would it be? Hmm. Oh, we debated. Yeah. We debated whether or not we were going to reveal this. To but talk about, yeah, because we haven't talked about what Buddy System Season 2 is about. We have right. not told anyone the concept. When we've we been told shooting each other. It, we've been shooting and everybody who's shooting. No, we haven't. With us. A lot of we them. We told all them. Don't know what's going on. They've seen on. the script. The script is. The script exists. Uh, but yeah, we, we haven't publicly said what Buddy System Season 2 is about. We could tell Are you. Are we going to do that right now? But we don't have to tell you. But we could reward the people who came out to the Live Ear Biscuit. I think that would be... That would be an appropriate thing to do. And those of you who are, are listening on your Cliffside Drive um, who've made it this far Why has it got to be a Cliffside? It's beautiful. It's so scenic. Yeah, keep your eyes on the road, please. So much atmosphere to the right. Oh, so they're heading south. south on the west coast. Yes. On the PCH. Right. That's right. Of course, once you get to L.A., it kind of skirts over a little bit. So technically, you're looking like east. South. Well, yeah, south. East, but you're heading east. Yeah because of the shape of California. But then when you get down to San Diego, it kind of starts straightening back out. And then once again, you would be looking east and heading south. What were we talking about? But then you get to the border. You got to have your passport. You used to be able to not have to have your passport to get into Tijuana. Now you got to have your passport. Right. It's such a rigmarole. We're giving a lot of advice to this person that's traveling, traveling to Tijuana. There's a guy right now listening to Ear Biscuits, and he's like at the border crossing. He's like, how do they know? <laughs> He's gripping a, his dashboard. Should I not go into Tijuana now? Sir, turn back. It was a bad idea. Your brother-in-law talked you into this. Head let, back to the hotel now. Let him walk across without you. Play you, a round of golf, Stuart. Just, his name is Stuart. Stuart, just keep listening to us. We're about to tell you what's happening in Buddy System Season 2. Don't listen to Joel. Let Joel go to Tijuana by himself. It's different than season one in all the ways that you want it to be different than season one, but not in any of the ways you don't want it to be different than season one. You it, want it to be longer. It each is longer. Each episode is longer. But you want it to still have a musical number in each episode? It yes, does. Yes, it's still going to have a song in every episode. You want me to still be in it? Boom. I'm going to still be in it. I'm not in it. That's, that's, that's the difference. It's all about Link. Finally. This is the question that season two seeks to answer. What would it be like if the two of us had never met as kids? Uh, but met as, as adults. adults. So we still meet. So don't worry, I mean, we still meet. Does that sound exciting? The, the thing that was exciting for us in, in, in writing it, if I just focus on like the conceptualization part of this thing was, um, first of all, when you have longer episodes, you're able to write more of a cohesive story. So each, each episode is its own journey. I mean, it's episodic in that way. But then when you look at the, um, the entire series, um, 
it really is about the journey of our friendship, starting from not having one to wherever it ends up. And it's, and it's, not, that's not, a, it's not a linear path. Right. And I, I really enjoyed kind of digging into writing the, the relational dynamics between the two of us. I think we were, we were able to dig into that a whole lot more. So it wasn't just about, wouldn't it be funny if the two of us did this and then did this and did this, but wouldn't it be interesting if we had conflict in this way or if we encountered this problem in this way? Right, because um, in season one, it was the two of us solving one problem together, and in a lot of ways, you could almost interchange. You could take those two and just dissolve them into one character, and you would have this, you could tell the same story. That's definitely not the case in season two, where it's very much about there being conflict and resolution and a building of a friendship between the two of us. And we actually brought in, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, one reason was, you know, we wrote every bit of season one ourselves to kind of establish the template of what buddy system was going to be for season two going to 22 minute episodes it's like about 250 260 pages of script uh, which with everything that we have going on is we can't do that <laughs> um, so we actually brought in some experienced uh, showrunners and writers to work with us and we all link and i sort of conceptualized the show and what was going to happen but they had some experience with uh helping us find the conflict and find those moments that I don't think typically we would have written because we just are like, what's funny? This is funny. And that's Let's something do that. That's something that they didn't, that's something that happened in the room with us. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. But they helped, they helped, uh, they were there. Okay, so what, now, why would you be mad? And, and a lot of it was uh, based on things that are true about us. But the interesting thing is because we are who we are because we met when we were six years old. In a, in a lot of ways, our personalities and, you know, exactly, obviously what we're doing for a living is very much based on the fact that we met as kids. But it's also, you know, whether it's your best friend or your spouse or a good friend or your family, they shape who you are. Yeah. And if you were raised in a different place, you would be a, be a, a significantly different person. So we are kind of exploring one of the, one of the, the fun, one of the fun things about season two it's like, what would Link be like if he never met me? Some of the ways that I feel like I temper him and vice versa, the way that Link tempers me. So I think we're, in, a, in one sense, we're... Or make each other better. I mean, temper, so it's like, well, yeah. what, are our, what are our flaws as people that, again, back to that point before, when you, you got to have people in your life that'll tell you like it is. I mean, but if we, we were left to our own devices... Right. That's, that's really what season two is about, and there's a lot of humor that comes out of that. And there's a mustache, too. Yeah, I would, I would have a mustache if yeah. we were not friends. Right. And I would have a... I, I think... Is it in the uh, BTS video today that I... A man bun, yeah. Yeah, I have a man bun. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we make some... It's not because I think it's cool. It's because I think I might have one if I never met Link. <laughs> <laughs> so it, w it, was, it was fun to explore that. So I, I think as you watch... Buddy System Season 2, you can, there's a lot to learn about what, what we think we could have been if it wasn't for our friendship. And, it, and also a commentary on the other people that, it just, it's a commentary on how people influence who you become in, in a good way. It can bring, yeah. can bring the best out yes. in you. You're going to cry. But you're mostly going to laugh. Yeah, you're going to laugh more than you cry. Uh, yeah. Remy May asks... 
In three words, so as to keep the mystery, what's your favorite plot point in the new season of Buddy System? Uh, three words, plot point, robot. Nougat? Murder. <laughs> I think we just covered at least three plot points. Yeah, yeah, that's really three. Oh, no, two of them are tied. Actually, two of them are tied. Both Robot and Nougat are tied to murder. <laughs> yes. It's a dark season. It really is. Separate. It's, it's a little dark. I, and now that we're shooting this thing, because, I mean, that was what we said about writing, but now that we're shooting this thing, it's crazy. I mean, it's... it's we just, we just keep saying, this is crazy. This is, why are we doing this? This is stupid. It's like, this is awesome. It's perfect. Yeah, but when other people... It's not perfect. I don't know if it's When perfect. other people laugh on, on uh, set, you, you feel right about the choice. But then you have to do it again because right. they laughed. Yeah. And they have to be quiet. Okay. Derek Kane asks... You do a lot of experimentation. To what do you owe your curiosity? Is there someone who nurtured that in you? Uh, Derek, I appreciate the question. Keenan on curiosity as one of the tenets of mythicality, along with creativity and tomfoolery. But, um, yeah, I think um, who is someone who nurtured that in us is, is certainly our friend Ben from, yeah. from grade school that we've mentioned in the past. And actually, um, uh, the book of mythicality is dedicated to Ben and our friendship with him from grade school. He's no longer with us. He passed away uh, years ago. My Seven or eight years ago. Yeah, so, but Ben was kind of, there were, the three of us hung out a bunch growing up, and it was one of those things, this is before the internet and before phones, um, you, you bet you, you had, you know, television with a few channels and you had, like, your Nintendo at home. But, Ben was always encouraging us to go outside and do something, and do something impossible. He would be like, today, we're going to dam the creek behind my house and then turn it into a fish pond. And our response would always be, okay, yeah. But we'd be thinking, what? This is crazy. But we never tell Ben that. Be like, because there's something about the way that Ben said, today we're going to fill in the blank. And then it's by like, the end of the day, it we inspired Damn the Creek. Yeah. Like three beavers. And he didn't know we could do it. We were all just very curious. What would it actually take to dam a creek? And then we went and caught fish from the pond and brought them and put in a bucket and put them into the fish pond. And then the next day it broke. But yeah. we had a dam it for one day. It became a creek again. But then he would be like, today we're going to build an A-frame fort. And I remember thinking, what is he? I, acted, I always acted like I knew what he was talking about. I was like, A-frame, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, one of those A-frames. have no idea what he's talking about. I understand now that if you look at it from the side, it's an A. Um, yeah. But we made a fort, and then he was like, and we're going to make a thatch mud roof with straw and mud. He was like that primitive camping guy. Yeah. Primitive, what's it called on the YouTube channel? There's Prim a... There's a Primitive, Primitive technology. technology. Yeah, he was like that. That guy is inspired by Ben. <laughs> and we would do that, and then we would like camp in it that night. But then one day he was like, we're going to cut the stalks of this dried plant 
and smoke it. Do you remember that? <laughs> that was a weird day. <laughs> he, there caught were, there were these, he caught it. There were these. He caught a big George. It was like it was like bamboo that had like a foam inside of it, and it would get dry. And, and he, he, well, he cut it into small pieces, and then we started smoking it. Well, you, I wouldn't say smoke it. Well, I would say we light the end of it. It was, it was like taking a piece of wood. smoking. No, I mean, we, I, it, we tried to it was breathe it in, and it was uncontrollable coughing, and then we were like, we're never doing that again. But yeah. Ben, he, but, he encouraged experimentation. And, it, it and didn't our whole have life to, philosophy is based it, on it. It didn't have to work out no. in order for it to be an experience. I mean, we'd go through the woods, and... You'd, you know, you'd pass these vines hanging from trees all the time. But then he, he was curious, and he was like, what if we took my machete, which I always carry with me, <laughs> yeah, right. and chopped the bottom of it, and then we, all, we were like Tarzan. We swing from every vine between here and the Cape Fear River. Right. You know? Yeah, so he had this sense of adventure and this, this willingness to try something and to kind of be the one who came up with the idea and then got other people to do it. And he kind of, he's the embodiment of mythicality a lot of ways for us. So we dedicated the book to Ben, but we actually didn't talk much about Ben in the book because we've got a lot of Ben's stories that we want to save for something else. Because mm. um, uh, there's, there's plenty of stories about us and the things that we did, but a lot of that is based on that spirit of mythicality that we, w we didn't even understand or could identify at the time when it was happening. Um, uh, that Ben exhibited. Let's see. Next question is Heather Snow asks, I love tattoos. I have nine. Good on you, girl. <laughs> Want to get another? Any suggestions? Maybe a mythical tattoo. Love you and the mythical crew, especially Alex. The whole time I'm talking to you, I, I, I keep accidentally looking at Alex. She didn't even say that, though. Yeah. She you didn't just said even, it because sorry, you Alex. see Alex. She didn't even say that. <laughs> That's what you get for being in my eye line. Heather Snow loves you. I'm sure but, she does. And, and, and the whole mythical crew. You got, you got some tattoos, too. She's into that. She's got nine yeah, of them. She's got nine. Keep up your pace. You, you, maybe you can catch up with her. Um, Man, I, after that one tattoo that I got on my butt cheek in your presence while we were making a video of yeah. my wife's name, I was like, man, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that any, any, anytime soon again, uh, but I've thought about it. If I could have an instant sleeve. You don't want that, Just like man. that, I you would do it. That. I'd do it. You don't want an instant sleeve. Why not? Because you want the process of the sleeve being filled up. Yeah, that's, part, that's part of it. Because you, well, it's not like you go up to somebody with the sleeve and you'd be like, is it instant? And no one would ever ask me, so I wouldn't have to explain it. It doesn't look instant. <laughs> it looks like it would, took place over a period of years. Right. Uh, on purpose. That is the implication. Actually I, got it in one sitting. I think your point is that is what makes a sleeve cool, is like the implied investment. The journey. If you knew that you could get an instant sleeve, then people would start asking, and you, you might have to tattoo not an instant sleeve as part of your yeah. instant sleeve. I can't say that I recommend uh, mythical-themed tattoos, although I definitely appreciate them, and many people have gotten them. In fact, I just saw a guy tweet uh, a day or two ago uh, the GMM logo. As I couldn't tell what 
part of his body it was on, though. No, 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 no. It, it, it could have been thigh. It could have been well, it's a forearm. Flame. It was too close. It was just skin, and I, I couldn't identify. If it's you know, a flame what, right above the crack. It could have been his butt, but it... Like lighting a fart. Yeah. Um, that's called the... What's that called? That area? The tramp stamp area? Oh. Yeah, don't get it there. Um, actually, in the Book of Mythicality, there is a full spread of me basically naked, covered <laughs> in tattoos, where we go into detail about where you should get what tattoo. Well, not only that, but what, what, is, what, what it says tattoo, about you. What a tattoo is, the intention of a tattoo at the, at the time of tattooing, and then what your grandkids will think about that tattoo, and the conclusions that they will come to, to you, uh, about you, and where you were at in life. So, you're, so we're going to help you um, make the decision on that page of the book, um, just, just the way the, the long-term consequences of the thing. But I'm particularly fond of one tattoo there, which I'll go ahead and tell you about. Because once I looked at my tattooed body, I was like, we need something down here at the bottom on the foot. Like the left foot doesn't have anything. And I was like, tube sock tattoo. Hmm. Which I'm sure has been done because any tattoo that you can think of... Has been done. It's a challenge to come up with a totally original tattoo. Is it even possible? Huh. I don't know. Don't ask me. Um, but if you did ask me, I would say get a tube sock tattoo. Yeah. So I'm talking about like you take your sock and your shoe off and then there's a, there's there's a tattooed a sock. sock there. That yeah. then goes all the way up to like the buckle of your knee. Add some stripes. Look like a basketball player from the 60s on that one foot. How about a glove tattoo? You could also do that. You could do a glove tattoo. You could do it. How has Barbara and Jade's relationship progressed? This is from Makeda. Um, that's a great question. I think we talked about this. We never remember where we talk about things, but uh, Barbara and Jade are best friends. These are our dogs, by the way. Um, <laughs> they're definitely best friends, and it, was not, it wasn't forced on them. Uh, but they spend a lot of time together at work, and most of the time they spend together, it's just sort of just aggressively playing, so much so that you can't do anything while they're in the room together. Like if we were Bar Barbara and Jade right now, and I'll be Jade I, and you be Barbara. I don't want to demonstrate, because I have to like bite you all over the face. I I'll be Barbara, so you be Jade. And then they'll then I'll come back over here. Yeah. And then it'll be like She's not a turkey. And then they'll go back up. The dog is not a turkey. You're saying gobble. Oh man, how's how's my hair? Good gracious. But they they also go to this uh place together. When Let's we, call it a kennel, but, we, but they call it a pet resort. Well, yeah, it's, it it's actually has a, paradise in the name of it. It's, yeah. And uh, it's a very nice dog resort. <laughs> it's got a swimming pool, And dude. they go and, lounge and chairs. they stay there with these other dogs and you can, you can log in and watch them on the, the live webcams that they have. So if you want to check in on your dog and like every time you check in, Barbara and Jade are like sleeping next to each other. <laughs> we, I, I went to pick up who, who went to pick up? I went to pick, up, I went to pick uh, Barbara up, and I was like, 
how were Barbara and Jade? And she was like, no, that's not what you said. Because the, the, the employee just volunteered. She's got a really good oh, friend she, she's here. Got a good, she's got a good friend here. I was like, yeah, Jade. And she was like, oh, how'd you know? I was like, well, they're best friends. She was like, oh, they've, been, they've just been hanging out the whole time. And we didn't know that they knew each other. <laughs> yeah. So they go everywhere together and they sleep next to each other every single night. Um, I don't mean to keep plugging the book, but I'm just excited <laughs> about it. We dedicated a whole chapter to Barbara and Jade. And um, basically, uh, what's the chapter called? Risk your heart for an animal. Risk your heart for an animal. Um, so oh, yeah, you like that? We did a photo shoot with our dogs. It's ridiculous. Um, I had a dream the other night that Christy gave Jade away. And I was so sad. She gave Jade away to our neighbor. And well, in, my her. in my dream, I was visit. at the window, looking out the window, and the neighbors pulled up in the car, and I'm like, oh, J Jade's in the car with them. They open the car door, and Jade gets out, and I'm like, oh, yes, now this is when she's going to run out of the car over here and come back home to me. <laughs> and so they open the door, Jade runs out, and just goes right in their house. And I was so <laughs> upset, no exaggeration, I woke up. I Crying? woke up like a nightmare. You know how you, so, like I never wake up from a nightmare. It's, it never happens to me. And I, I like woke up in bed, I was like <gasps> And she, some nights she sleeps with us, some nights, she's on a rotation. She'll sleep with Lincoln, she'll sleep with Lily, she'll sleep with me and Chris. Was she there that night? She was not there that Ooh. night. And I, I came this close to getting out of bed and going and getting her out of Lincoln's bed. But then uh, I just went back to sleep. I was like, it's a dream. I'm a grown man. Yeah. But every dream, everything that is revealed in a dream is based on some real life insecurity. Christy loves Jade as much as I do. Christy, she does not want to get rid of Jade. She hasn't been dropping any hints? No. no. I think she's been dro dropping subconscious hints that you're picking up on. I mean, your wife. The only thing we pick up on dog. is the poop that sometimes she leaves in the house. And we, we do get angry about that. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and choked up. We do get angry about it. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing great. And um, their relationship means so much that there's a. They, we made a, there's a Barbara and Jay t-shirt at the Mythical Booth, right? Yeah, <laughs> Y'all, we got to sell something, I'm sorry. Oh, they, yeah, we got it right here on the, uh, that's Rhett a good Barbara exclusive, Rhett and Link, Barbara and Jade. Why did Rhett stop saying golly? Who, who asked that? Hugh Danzy. Why did Rhett stop saying I golly? Don't, I don't remember. I don't remember saying golly. <laughs> golly, did, that's Did I goofy. used to say it a lot? That's not you. Did I used to say that a lot? Oh yeah, you were. I'm remembering now. I'm sorry I stopped saying it. I'll start again. Golly. Golly. <laughs> Does anyone here remember Rhett ever saying golly? It, it's a thing? Oh, wow. When did I stop? They don't know when you stopped. Two but years got, ago? Two years ago. Yeah. Must have had some bad fish. It changed, that's, that's, it changed your, like, your, usually your vocabulary toolbox was altered permanently from no, bad that happens, fish. Man, things that you ingest can change your DNA. That's a fact. You get some bad fish, 
goes in there, it attaches, it replicates, changes who you are. There's research right now. You wait. You'll remember this. Ten years from now, they'll be talking about bad fish, how it changes what, how you talk. Well, that's your vocabulary toolbox. Yeah. But all you got to have is some good fish to get rid of it, Oh, to reverse it. Let's go get some good fish after this. Okay, we will. I mean, I'll just eat a tilapia. I don't even care. It doesn't have to be. Farm-raised? Farm-raised, you can taste the dirt. You ever notice that? You really can. It tastes a little dirty. Tilapia that's been farm-raised. They put them in dirt? They grow them like potatoes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why why it tastes like that. Sarah in ATL asked us, what are you most excited about for the hashtag tour of mythicality later this year? I'll see you in Durham, North Carolina. So our, our, we got a homecoming at the end of the tour. Yeah. Um, ticket sales went really good, so people will actually be there. Who's going to be at the tour of mythicality? <clears throat> yeah, there, there are not many tickets left. I think there's a few places that still have tickets. Um, before we talk about what we're excited about, we'll say that we wish we could go more places, um, but 16 different places is about all we can fit in and still be sane at this point. But hope, hopefully it goes well, and hopefully we will do it again and get to come to more places and maybe even outside of the U.S. at some point. Um, but, I mean, I'm personally excited about, we, you know, we tend to get very excited about the next thing that we're doing, right? And then kind of putting ourselves into something and making it into something that people will remember. And so the Tour of Mythicality is no different. And it's something that we haven't done in a long, long time. We, we never did a tour before, but we haven't really done anything live except for the occasional, well, we're doing this. Uh, but the Tour of Mythicality is gonna be a lot different than this. But we haven't done any live music or any sort of event in a very long time. Uh, because the internet sort of uh, encourages you to create something that you can just put on YouTube and export out to as many people as possible. Uh, but so this is kind of approaching something in a, in a, in a totally different way from a creative standpoint. Uh, again, that's something that we need to plan what we're going to do. That's another thing we need to get on. That's a good point. We yeah. should do that. Um, we know approximately what we're going to do. We need to come up with specifically what we're going to do. Yes, I, I think that's what we're excited about at this point is developing something that We'll connect with you guys that then um, I'm, I'm sure will lead to more things that we want to do creatively. Everything you do when you try something new, it's like, okay, we can add to that or we can do something different. Or, but right now, we'll, we'll, it's exciting to be at a phase where it's like, okay, we can invent what we want to do on stage that connects with you guys. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. And on that note, and in closing, I'll say that it is cool to be here and see your faces and uh, get to meet some of you guys later on today. Uh, you guys are great mythical beasts. And those of you listening on your, on your way back from almost to Tijuana. Yeah, now the ocean is on your left. You're heading north. Or west, depending on if you're back up towards yeah, LA again. Right. Yeah, but then if you w- it will straighten back up when you get around Santa Barbara. But yeah, this, is, this has been very fun. I, this, I could not think of a better way to celebrate the 100th episode of Ear Biscuits than in this way with you guys, uh, taking your questions and having, having a conversation. Yeah, like thank you to, to every one of you who uh, watches our videos and has become a part of this community. 
you know, the community has grown in ways that we never expected over the past few years, and there, and there were questions about uh, how do you guys feel about the way the community has grown and how you connect with people, and is it the same way that it was 10 years ago? Well, of course, it feels a little bit different than it did 10 years ago when there were a handful of people that we could call our fans, and we basically knew them. Uh, we still know some of those people personally who uh, were fans of, like, the Rhett and Link cast live, like, way back in the day. That's kind of an impossibility at this point. But I'll say one of the things is that we do know you guys who are really active in the community, who uh, are talking about GMM and mythical things on your Twitter and on Facebook. Like, every, in fact, everybody uh, is part of our mythical team. Like, we know those people who are super active mythical beasts. It's like, we see your tweets, we see you guys talk about stuff, we see you say, I got this, or I got this tattoo, or I just bought this, or I'm excited about Buddy System. Like, we do see all those things, and we see those things personally. We're not always in a position to respond to everything personally, but we definitely feel the love, and of course, it's a very tangible love right now that we can feel when we're in the same room with you guys, and that's another thing that we're excited about as we get to come around, meet you guys today at five o'clock, uh, and also as we come around the country in the fall on the tour of Mythicality. Thank you for being your mythical best. Cue the ticker tape drop.